Hello, everybody. Tom and Keith with you. And a reminder, uh, as we always do, that the Dunlap Champions Club should be on your must-see, must-do list. Perhaps it already is. And uh, to those of you who uh, have already purchased your tickets, we say thank you. But you should get on board. It's a great football experience. Your food is covered. Uh, you've got shade. You've got AC. It's, just a, it's a great social experience, but it's a great way to watch the game. Dunlap Champions Club, very good to us because they bring you the Sunday edition of Front Row Knowles, uh, commercial-free, along with our main sponsors, Prime Meridian Bank and Hobson Chevrolet. And, and I go back to your point. If you've not ever been there, you got to go at least once. You'll be hooked. A better way to do it might be to try the three-game ticket package, uh, which includes Virginia Tech, Florida, or Clemson, and then two of the other four remaining home games. But however you want to shake it down, uh, it is an experience that, that, that's worth enjoying to uh, take in Florida State football. That's the Dunlap Champions Club. Get on board. 644-1830, the number to call. 644-1830. And without further ado, Front Row Knowles, first look. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles First Look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody. Front Row Knowles First Look coming your way. Tom Block, Keith Jones. KJ, this is going to be a longer hour than that football game was on Saturday because there's no real dancing around it. Florida State loses 59-10. to And I think the most frustrating thing for me, and this may not seem accurate in light of the final score, but if you recall, it was 0-0 zero to zero after one quarter of play. And as I'm watching the game unfold, what frustrated me is that Florida State truly was shooting itself in its foot at that point, and it was upperclassmen that were doing it, and that's what the point I'm making. Everly with a bad snap, Nooney with a drop on the next series that would have been 15 yards at least and gotten you to the 35, first and 10. Gavin on third down drops one that he's got to catch, and it just snowballed from there, and I thought that we had gotten past this with incremental steps forward the last few weeks, and then all of a sudden, to use Jimbo's word, rat trap. Two-fold thing that you said there, I'll condense it. Number one, Florida State self-inflicted their own in injuries. They, they were not beat by Clemson in the first half, even though the score was 28 to nothing. Now, Clemson played well in the second half. They proved why they're the number two club. And number two, it was upperclassmen. You, you expect uh, those kinds of mistakes uh, from freshmen or first-year players if they've been redshirted, but not from your upperclassmen. Uh, this game was lost mentally well before it was lost physically, and that's very disappointing. And that's the other part, because it just seems to snowball. And this is not new, and this is part of a bigger discussion. When I say it's not new, this existed before Coach Taggart and the current staff came in. And really, I mean, this is the same group of guys largely that saw Louisville put 60-something up on the board in 2016. And so that lack of mental toughness or whatever you want to describe it, it showed up in my mind as soon as it got to 14 nothing. I could see the heads dropping, even though it was middle of the second quarter and Florida State had played pretty well. Tommy, this team is soft. They're just soft. You, you can use mental toughness. You can do intestinal fortitude. But they're soft. When things are going well, then they can perform well. This is a talented group. But when things are going bad, they don't have the resolve or the conviction to hold each other accountable, hold themselves accountable, and, and turn this thing around. They, they're like sheep. They just follow each other. Whichever way someone's leading, they, they take off. And there are not any vocal leaders. There are not any uh, follow-my-lead leaders, or at least not enough of them. And unless and until that culture changes, 
And right now, I would tell you, it can only change through recruiting. I'm not sure what this staff can do with this group here eight games into a season. But unless until that changes, we're in for some more of these. Yeah, it's true. When a good team gets on top of you, then they can score some points. We saw that happen in the 96 National Championship game. I mean, nobody would say Mickey Andrews forgot how to coach, but Florida put up 50-plus on Florida State because they got on a roll. That's going to happen. But this happens because Florida State self-inflicts their own wounds, and the mistakes that they make are, are mental. We had two kids thrown out of the ball game for throwing punches. I would suspend them for the rest of the year, at least for three games. And in Nooney Murray's case, he wouldn't set foot on the field again. We're done. You've been given all the chances you get. We're not giving you any more. We're moving on to the new guys. That's unacceptable, period, the end. I would take issue with your, your first comment about no leaders. I think there's some. I think there's not enough, which is what you what you came to. Um, and in the case of Nooney, we'll see uh, what the coaching staff decides to do. I do think that in light of what you could say is a meaningless touchdown given the final score. It was still an electric touchdown from Keyshawn Helton, and I think Treshawn Harrison has has uh, shown well when he's gotten touches. We've seen D.J. Matthews on punt returns. I think you can clearly make a case that there's enough other guys that could see opportunities ahead of Nooney there. Well, here's where I'm going to show that I'm, I'm 10 years older than you are. I don't care if i got anybody behind him. I still set him down. I'll play with a one-legged uh, pirate with a peg leg and a, and a hook on his uh, on his arm if I have to. Uh, it's a blessing that they do have some kids behind that maybe could show potential, but that doesn't affect my way of addressing this. There's a much bigger discussion to be had there. We'll get to it in this this uh, program today, but let's listen in to Coach Willie Taggart, obviously disappointed, frustrated uh, by what he saw from his team against Clemson on Saturday. Very disappointing loss, um, embar- embarrassing performance. Um, first time since I've been here, oh, I felt like we had some guys that quit on our football team. And that can't be tolerated. Uh, that's one thing you can't do. You can't quit. If you quit, you don't play. So um, we got to do a great job evaluating that film and making sure we got the right guys that's out there battling with us. You know, um, again, every aspect of the game, offense, defense, special teams, we uh, didn't play well at all. And, and you must play well against a really good football team. And we did all the things you can't do against a team like that. And um, that's on me. And our coaches and our players and everybody that's here and we got to find a way to get that right coach the worst home loss in program history just do you still feel like your program is heading in the right direction well uh, i do i think um a lot goes with it i mean part of changing the culture is changing our mentality i think uh, mentally we're, we're a mentally weak football team and we're not mentally strong yet and that's part of changing the culture to get it the way that you want it you know there's a lot of good things and a lot of progress are being made, um, not as fast as we want in the win-loss column, uh, but um, it's being made. Um, we made, again, this game made too many mistakes and then and, and, and play as well as we needed to. Coach, what was your message to the team after the game? Um, pretty much what I told you in our, in our opening statement there. It was um, embarrassing. Uh, I was disappointed. Uh, we're going to find the guys that, that quit. And we're going to find the guys that kept playing and make sure that we keep those guys in there. Um, so there'll be some changes come next week. Will, Willie, the, the the play was one thing. We also had a couple guys kicked out for throwing punches. How do you handle that? Um, and what do you do about that as a program? Well, we, we'll discipline. We're going to discipline them. Um, 
course, he'll be out of the game, but we're disciplined within our program. You know, that's, that's unacceptable. That's mentally weak. That's, um, that's what losers do, you know, and that can't happen. That, that's got to change. And, um, again, that's unacceptable. Um, it can't happen. That was BS. Coach, despite the final score, it was a scoreless game after the first quarter. You guys were in the game, and he had some self-inflicted issues that happened early on. Does that make it a little bit tougher to swallow his loss? Oh, it, it makes it it makes it real tough against a team like like Clemson. I mean, you can't make mistakes against that team. You got to take advantage of every opportunity that you you have, and we had plenty, and we didn't take advantage of it. You know, we snapped the ball over our head when we had a nice drive going, and. Uh, all these penalties we had, just undisciplined, and we dropped balls. I mean, we didn't play winning football. I mean, you can you can say that every aspect of it. I mean, everybody took part in making mistakes, and again, against the number two team in the country, you can't do that. Coach, is this the most disappointing performance you've seen by your? It's considering the last few weeks, you guys have made obvious progress and then kind of stick, take a step back. What is is that a surprise to you? Oh, uh, it is because we made so much progress. Uh, and and to be able to come in this game and then we get down and then just lose our lose our cool lose our whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it was it was surprising because I thought we got over that hump and apparently we didn't. You know, and um, again when things didn't go our way, we didn't handle it well. And again, that more than anything, where we got to get better as a football team is just again handling adversity the right way. Coach Taggart, and one of the biggest challenges for Coach and his staff is going to be they, they legitimately have to turn the page. I was worried after the Miami game, Keith, was really pleased there was a bye week because that was so emotionally devastating that I wasn't sure how they would focus. In the case of, of Florida State, Taggart and company practice on Sundays, which is new. And so I think that's that part is good because you can't sit around for 36 hours thinking about, I mean, they, they'll be Sunday afternoon, they'll be working it right out of them and turning the page to NC State. The only thing that bothers me, though, Tommy, about now looking back on the Miami game, Al, having seen what happened at Clemson, is was it the team able to put that behind them, or was it the fact that it was the distraction of the hurricane and the kids got to go home for three or four days and not go to school, which never happens in the real world? You, you follow my train of thought? Now I'm concerned that what we gave them credit for as a unit after the Miami game maybe we shouldn't have given them as much credit for. That's what Clemson's, That's what the Clemson game scares me about. And what scares me is just the repeated pattern, and this goes back to the bigger picture conversation, of when things go well or go okay, it's everybody, it's like the, the sideline takes a collective deep breath, sigh of relief, and they settle in and they just play. Uh, against Miami, what happened is things went well early, so they continued to go well until ultimately Florida State turned it over late in the game. But in the case of the Clemson game, one thing went back. I mean, it started on the opening kickoff. Treshawn Harrison's telling Grant to stay in the end zone. He brings it out only to the 15. There's a penalty. They start at the 7. They got away with that field position exchange because Clemson punted the ball into the end zone. But then you went three series in a row with the plays I outlined, the bad snap, which was a loss of 25 yards, and then a 15-yard penalty. I mean, it was, what was it, second and 48 or something like that? Uh, it was second and 52, I believe, and then third and 40. I don't recall ever seeing a second and 52. I may I may have the numbers right. Y'all can email me and let me know, but it was a whole bunch that I'd never seen before. So how do you make that change? One of the ways you can make the change is you play the younger guys. I mean, you talked about the only way to fix it is uh, to, to get 
new blood in here, so to speak, to get the young guys. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't think you can blanket say that it's every senior and every junior, but it does seem to be that 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 it's pervasive to some degree. Well, the coaches, the coaches know who it is. We may not know, but they know who it is. Even this staff that's only been here a year. So if Coach Taggart came in and said we're going to start doing this effective this day, the the, the staff would know who those people are. They've already got them identified. Um, I'm I'm not saying that you you chunk everybody by any stretch of the imagination, but two things happens when I think I think what you're saying. Well, go ahead, and then I'll. Two things happen when you play young people. Number one, they they get a chance to play. And we saw that with Helton in the fourth quarter. You know, who, who, who's seen him? He, he hasn't had an opportunity. It brings a sense of excitement. They're, they're, they pay attention. They're now, they're now alert in meetings. They're now paying attention uh, during game prep. They're, they're now focused on the sideline. Second of all, the guys that they're replacing are on the sideline watching. And, and I'm, I'm 60 years old, okay? I don't know that I can truly identify with a 20 to 22-year-old kid, but I know one thing is universal in sports. You take away playing time, and you get people's attention. PT is the most important thing out there and has been for several decades. You take it away from them, you get their attention. The example I was going to give is 1976 Bowden before – I guess it was against Oklahoma when he started seven freshmen. I don't know if it's seven freshmen, whatever the number is. If you're going to make changes, you're going to go ahead and make the changes. That might be the parallel. That that probably is the parallel. And, I, and again, I don't know that Coach Taggart and his staff is ready to do that because uh, I sound somewhat panicked. I don't mean to be that far removed. I mean, this is a team that's four and four. Has got an opportunity to continue the bowl streak, continue to continue the the consecutive winning streak. Uh, they've got a couple of three games on the horizon, at least two <laughs> that they can win. Not saying you know throw everything away, but certainly it's with certain individuals and certain situations. I think you got to take a good hard look. One thing I haven't said here is uh, Clemson's a good football team. So for that big listenership we have in Clemson, South Carolina. We're just treating this show the way we've treated every show and every pregame, which is it's not about the opponent, it's about Florida State. And today was Exhibit A to it, but that's a good Clemson football team. All right, there have been a, a lot of changes in the banking landscape lately. One local bank just sold after 100 years. Others are either closing or consolidating branches. So here's one local bank you can count on, Prime Meridian Bank, on the web at trymybank.com. I don't think it matters if we talk offense or defense next, Keith, but uh, we'll do one or the other right after this on Front Row Knowles First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Florida State falls and falls hard to the number two team in the country, 59-10 to 10 the final. It's hard to believe looking back that this was 0-0 going into the second quarter, Keith, but uh, that, that's where we'll go back to. And let, let's start by take, talking offense. I know the defense did not look uh, very good. Nobody looked good in this, in this football game, but we'll get to the defense side in a bit. In the first part of the game, the defense did force Clemson to punt, got them off the field, and the offense just couldn't get anything going. Except that guys were open. DeAndre completed a couple passes. I mean, I think before Everly's bad snap, they had had two first downs on that drive. We're starting to move the ball, and then boom, you talk about being behind the chains. Uh, I mean, Florida State can't punt it 53 yards, let alone convert it on a couple downs. They they were their own worst enemy. And, and again, this offense in particular, we'll talk about the defense next segment, but the offense in particular seems to be the absolute stereotype of when it when it starts going a little better or starts going well, 
then everybody believes it can go well. But then when it turns bad or it's not going good, everybody kind of gives up. And, and that's basically what happened in the first quarter. They, they moved the ball sometimes and didn't move at others. And the defense was playing well enough to put them in a position to, to stay in the ball game. And they just didn't respond. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what to make of, of, of DeAndre. I know he threw for 353 yards last week. I know he's the reigning ACC quarterback uh, of the player of the week uh, for his performance against Wake Forest. But but when things aren't going well, he seems to be so, I'll borrow your term, you use the term, he seems to be so robotic. And I know he's a tough kid, and I know he takes some hits, and I know that offensive line hasn't protected him. But this is as poor an outing as I've seen. Granted, it's the number one team in the country and a very good defense. But this Number two team in the country, but the number one defensive line. Um, thank you. Freudian slip on my yeah. part. Number one defensive line, number two team in the country. But he threw, Tommy, how many? Half a dozen balls that weren't close to anybody. I mean, that's the first time this year I've seen him not at least be accurate with his throws, whether he made the right decision or not on who to throw it to. I'll I'll throw this in. So first of all, over the course of the game, that's true. I thought he came out throwing a good ball. And the series – he started five for six or something like that, and and maybe maybe five for seven. But one of them was a ball, Nooney's wide open. One of the things they did offensively is they threw on first down more than they have because that was one of the chances you had against that defensive line. That ball was from the I think it was on the Clemson forty nine. It's going to be a completion at the thirty four, and if Nooney makes anybody miss, you're going to be at the twenty. He turns around. I don't know if the sun got him. Uh, whatever he drops it. The next series, Gavin drops a slant that was going to be a first down. And that's my point. All right, so DeAndre, but, but, those, but those two balls were thrown well, is what I'm saying. But that's my point. Also, they went bad. Then DeAndre starts. I don't know if he's pressing. I don't know if he's thinking too much. But those two things went bad, and then he went bad. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no. I, I mean that that's the theme of what we're talking about. Exactly. And and I I don't I'm not there every day in practice. I'm not, and I'm not telling you I would know the answer if I was there every day in practice. But but something happens, and and it's above the shoulders. Because you're right, he was throwing the ball well early and then did not throw the ball well the rest of the ball game because it didn't go well. You've, got, you've just got to find a way to rise above that. Uh, you've, you've, some way, shape, form, or fashion, you, particularly the starting quarterback, they've got to be the guy that, that has it and makes it different. I don't disagree with the premise at all. I mean, we started with that premise, I guess, at the start of the show. I'll say this, and it actually somebody that I know on the Clemson uh, with the Clemson program asked me this because I was over uh, on their sideline after their kicker got hurt, just checking on him. And he said, "Is it always this windy here?" And I said, "No, this is the first time it's been cold this year." Front came in, and this was late first quarter when Lawrence had missed on some throws too. And the gist of the question was, Trevor doesn't miss those throws, so what's going on? So. I didn't ask anybody in the locker room afterwards if the wind was a factor. When Nooney Turner, the, the, it, the wind was weird in that it would swirl, and then there'd be two minutes and it was completely calm. And then all of a sudden it'd pick up. And so I think, and I'm not trying to make excuses for DeAndre, I do think it was a different wind than what we've seen, for whatever that's worth. That said, I agree with your premise that you just got to turn the page and, and win the next down. Well, and I think that's a fair observation because, again, uh, Lawrence did not throw the ball well the first couple of series, and then he kind of settled in. So maybe he got a little used to it, and, and, and maybe DeAndre didn't or DeAndre uh, reacted 
far farther to the negative because of the bad things that happened. Either way, I do agree with you, and it's not an excuse, and it had nothing to do with the outcome of the ball game. But it was uh, as unusual a weather condition from a wind standpoint as I've seen in a long time in Doak Campbell. When you lose fifty nine to ten, you don't blame it on the wind, though, which is what you just said. There were uh, there were mistakes, which is the overarching theme. Uh, one of the guys who made a key one early on was Alec Eberly. I talked to him after the game, and uh, here's that conversation with Florida State Senior Center Alec Eberly. Alec, obviously, the, the final score is what it is. But when you point back to the first quarter, I mean, it was it was scoreless coming out of the first quarter, and there were. I think three drives in a row where it's just a mistake here, a mistake there. And I know that's got to be frustrating because we've been saying that for, you know, some ball games and, and really the last couple of years. So to, I, I guess to what do you attribute those kind of mistakes? Because if you, if you, you know, if you, if you don't have them, you might have the lead early in the game. Well, you know, when you lose a game, it's always about I, what, what I could have done better, you know, what, what I could have done, what I could have done this, what I should have, could have, would and stuff. Like, um, that's how you kind of go about when you're, um, you know, looking after, looking at the team, looking at the film and stuff, and I can go ahead and say off rip. I feel like if I hadn't had that bad snap, then this game probably would been totally different. That's how I feel. Um, I know it's a lot of things happen in the game, but I feel like we had a lot of momentum going on that. And when I messed up, I really uh, I messed up the whole the vibe a little bit. But I think we did it better. I mean, after that, we still came back and moved the ball and still did well in the first quarter. And then second quarter coming in. I just think we were we were getting things going, but then some some things happened and just it didn't mesh well. And you know, anytime you're starting off, I mean, give the defense credit; they were killing it. They were having they're holding the ball and they're they're holding them, doing with them. But I mean, like I've said before, our offense is type offense, so we got to get momentum going. And whenever we mess up our own momentum by like a mistake with a um, a false start or a bad snap or a misalignment, I mean that that's huge because our whole offense is based off of speed and off of momentum. And, you know, we just had a hard time getting that going. That defensive front, obviously, uh, your impressions, I mean, you've seen them for the last couple of years, but they're, they're very highly touted. Haven't, haven't played them again. Your thoughts? Hats off to them. They play hard. I mean, they're good players. Christian's a great player. Um, Dexter's good. Cleveland's good. Brad, they're all good. I mean, not even good. They're great. They're all going to do good things in football. And, you know, it's always fun to play against guys like that and test yourself, see where you match up to them. Um, uh, it's definitely been it's been interesting playing against in these past couple of years. It seems like, and this has been really the last couple of years. Uh, you know, if things almost like the team will catch you'll you'll catch your breath if you get a good play. Everybody kind of relaxes, and when it goes the other way, it just kind of snowballs. And today felt like one of those days. One mistake led to two, led to three or four, and then you know before you know it, I mean that's a really good football team, and you know the result ends up being what it was. Well, it's kind of like you know. I always go back to the whole thing, blood in the water. You know, there's a that type of team playing against them. You can't let them get that scent of blood because once they get it, that's in their attack mode. They're coming after you. And so um, I think that our team, you know, I think we've gotten better when it comes to staying close and, 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 and being together when the things go down. But we still have a lot of room to grow. Um, and we got a lot of young guys playing. We only have like six seniors on the team right now, seven seniors actually playing. So we got a lot of young guys. Uh, I think we guys got work to do. We got to come together more. I think it's going to develop over the rest rest of the season. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the rest of the season. I think I, I'm, I'm interested to see on how guys respond because um, we still got a lot to play with. I mean, we got the Bull Street to play with or play for, and we got you know four big games coming up. We got another top ten team playing and a couple top twenty teams we're playing. And you know there's still a lot of tests out there for us to go against and. 
I'm excited. I think that, um, I mean, this whole year, even after a loss, we've done a good job of coming back to practice with our heads right and, and focus. And I think tomorrow we'll do the same. We'll come in, have our heads right and ready to work. And it's just, that's what it's going to have to be. I mean, this is football. It's a game. Um, but not only is the game is, it's our life. So we're going to come in with the right mindset and come in ready to work tomorrow and get ready for NC State. Alec, I appreciate it. I know it's a tough loss today, and we'll see you next week in Raleigh. Thank you. I'll say this for Eberle. To me, he is... Uh, he's he's sort of been the poster boy for Florida State, not having a great offensive line. And I'm not saying he's a great player, and that was a critical mistake. But he always a he always comes out and faces the music, and b uh, you know I think if you were going to line up all five guys in the offensive line and say you know and rank them from one to five, I don't think he's going to be at the bottom of the list. I played with a guy Tom uh, named Gil Wesley. Uh, he was from Woodlawn High School, same high school that Coach Bowden went to. He was basically Coach Bowden's first real recruit. Uh, in in 1976, Gill Gill was six foot six foot one, about 210 pounds. He had absolutely no business playing center. He was not gifted, in in even back then, with height, weight, and quickness. He's just a hard worker. Uh, Eberly is not gifted as athletically uh, with with God given size and speed and quickness. He's just a hard worker, and and he's going to make mistakes. It was a crucial mistake, a bad mistake. You're exactly right. And I, this I do admire in him. He, he, he admits it. He owns up to it. He doesn't blame anybody else. But he is what he is. And, and, and then you just got to recognize that and play with it, just like we played with Gil. And there were things that, that Gil could do well and things that he didn't do well. Gil's a wonderful human being and a great personal friend of mine. Alec Everly is going to have great success in life. It's just not going to be as an NFL center on Sundays, in my opinion. So looking ahead uh, in terms of what we could do with this offense, we'll see where you know what happens with Nooney in light of the circumstances from Saturday. Uh, I do think Keyshawn Helton, Treshawn Harrison, uh, you know, maybe they're in line for more touches. I, I think even if you don't go to them, and we saw this more yesterday, more Saturday, Tamari and Terry had four catches for 55 yards. He's a guy that, you know, I don't know what the number is. Almost at every five plays, one of them needs to be targeted to him, whether it's a go route or a dig route or a slant or something. He's that kind of talent. He's got to be more prominent in your offensive game plan. You know, and, and I understand that, that Walt Bell and, and Coach Taggart, you, you know, the NFL, you, you, you game plan to personnel. You, you really don't need to do a lot of that at the college game. You game plan for scheme an opportunity and what the defense is doing and what they will give to you. But he's a guy maybe you need to game plan a little bit more from a personnel standpoint because he has such a big upside. And right now you need some help. You need some playmakers. And maybe he's a guy you to turn to and at least try for a game or two. Four catches, 55 yards. He also drew at least one pass interference penalty. There, there might have been more. I'm just looking through the rest of it. Uh, you know, the running game is what it is. I don't know that the running game has has not been good all year, and I don't know that we can draw many conclusions based on playing that Clemson defensive front. Um, you know, the reality is when you throw on first down and those plays are there and you don't make them, now it's second and ten. So the running game is really not your best answer at that point. I, I think one of the takeaways we should have that should maybe, I don't know, make us feel better is not the right thing. But I'll just think from a positive standpoint is we need to acknowledge that this time next year, those four defensive linemen for Clemson, their personal financial statements combined will be somewhere north of about 80 or $90 million 
and just acknowledge it for what it is. A really good defensive front, part of a really good football team. Um, okay, we'll, we'll turn the page, talk, uh, talk defense when we continue on Front Row Knowles' first look. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles' first look. Again, Clemson winds up with 524 yards of total offense. Well, I'll get to the disappointing part uh, in a minute. I think when you look at the first quarter, you can't argue with what the defense did. Uh, You know, whether Trevor Lawrence was off, whether it was because Florida State was playing with emotion and energy, they forced Clemson to punt a few times. There was no score after one quarter of play. And then what happened is what we've seen this year, even though the defense never says this when I talk to them after the game, they say, hey, it's our job to stop them wherever they are. The reality is they're human, and you can see when you – when you force a missed field goal or the kicker misses the field goal and emotionally you're off the field, you're excited, and then you turn around and there's a flag and you got to go back, go back out there and play defense, you just let down. It's human nature. Very much so. And then you go back and you look and you're sitting in the locker room and you're going, you know, we have not played bad uh, 30 minutes of football, but it's 28 to nothing. The offense gave them a short field one time. I think we had a short punt or something like that. Well, I mean, that's that's 14 of the points, an interception return to the 30, short field, and they had a missed field goal, but now they get a fresh set of downs at the five. So you're sitting there going, we've played well, and we're down 28 to nothing. Well, two things happen. Number one, you start doubting yourself because you felt like you've played well, but the score doesn't reflect it. And again, it's human nature. You start looking on the other side of the locker room and say, what's the offense doing for us? Now, you've got to find a way to rise above that, but back to your point about you're only human, and, and this has happened before, and, and what's going to make you think that the next 30 minutes is going to be any different? It's just it's a quandary. When you look at the, at the final numbers, you will say that Harlan Barnett's defense did not play well. That's where the numbers lie. That's where the numbers lie. This defense played well enough to stay with Clemson if the offense had given them some uh, some help in the first half. And then as does happen in these types of games, we've seen them, I've played in them, once the other offense gets going, when they score on that second play of the third quarter, their opening possession, you know, the the floodgates just, I mean, that's the way football is. And it's a team sport. Everybody goes down that chute with it, and it's just sad, but it does happen. But this team, this, this, this game is not one that you pin on the defense. They played well enough to stay with Clemson. This game is the offense's fault, if you want to place blame. And where I was going to go when we started this segment was the fact that you come out of the locker room and you let that happen right away uh, was frustrating to watch. Uh, but then to set it up, Stanford Samuels was not dressed out in the second half. He got hurt. Hampson Nazaldine was was out. So both your safeties, really. You still had Westbrook, but two key guys are out. And uh, his name's escaping me, number five, Dontavious Jackson, also out. So those are three guys, and those two big pass plays that Clemson hit in the third quarter were play-action deals, good job by Lawrence. Well, who's in the middle of that? Your linebackers and your safeties, and you had the second team in there. That's a factor. And don't, don't discount that Clemson went in at halftime and schemed knowing that they could take advantage of things like that. I mean, this is not, I mean, you know, this is not a Clemson staff that, you know, isn't respected around the country and hasn't won a national championship and played for a couple of others. Uh, they, they know what they're doing schematically and from a scheming standpoint. Their halftime adjustments were great. They came out, scored uh, 10 points very quickly, or even two touchdowns very quickly, whatever it was. Let's give Clemson a little bit of credit. Well, and I said that at the end of the first segment. Again, 
for those listeners we have in Clemson, South Carolina. <laughs> We've been talking about FSU all year long, no matter who they're playing. Uh, I think you're right. And, and Jeff Scott, who is Brad Scott's son, we had Brad on our Wednesday show this week. People know him. He grew up here in Tallahassee. I mean, he was a, he was a little, and he's the co-offensive coordinator. To your point, Clemson's first two touchdowns were to their best receiver. Uh, now, these are in you know from the 5 or the 10-yard line. T. Higgins I'm talking about. And uh, he was matched up on a safety, not a corner, each time. So that's scheme. And then it was either their third or fourth touchdown of the, fir- of the second quarter, first half. It came right after Nasraldine had been ejected, and they went right after A.J. Litton because Florida State had had to sub in, and that's, that's good coaching. That's being perceptive. That's people up in the box knowing what the coordinators want to look for, and it's being able to execute. Uh, that's a staff that's worked well together. Florida State staff, this is their first year together. You, you can't, I don't think, expect them to be doing some of the things that this more um, seasoned staff can do that will come in time. I have no doubt about that. That's not a negative comment on my part. It's just a matter of time. But at the same time, you need to recognize that and, and give Clemson credit for having a staff that, that can look and see and do those types of things. Another thing that happened, he came back and played. DeKalen Brooks got nicked up. Looked like he got his shoulder dinged to me, so he was not playing at 100%. It is what it is. What it is. Uh, to me, my observation is once the score started getting lopsided, uh, you can you can say I'm going to go out there and try, but the effort was just not quite where it had been at the start. Once the once the score got out of the way or got out of hand, I had a chance to talk with uh, one of Florida State seniors. There's only six or seven seniors that are really playing a lot, uh, offensively and defensively for FSU. One of them is Fred Jones, and uh, here's what he had to say after uh, the disappointing defeat. Fred, obviously a, a very disappointing result today. But let's go back to the first quarter. I mean, the defense came out was really playing well on that offense. We were scoreless after one. Uh, did, you know, did you? Were the looks what you expected? And just talk about how things started out, and then we'll get to where things went wrong. Um, everything started out great. We just we had the energy. Um, we played hard. Um, no matter what offense do, defense, we had to just control what we have to control, and that's just us playing defense and keeping them out the end zone or not kicking field goals. That said, you know, this year there's been a lot of short field, sudden change type situations. I mean, even today, emotionally, you get off the field, you hold them to a field goal attempt, and then you look out there and there's a flag and you got to go back out there and play defense again. How tough is that? Um, it's not tough. I say it's a challenge, but um, as a defense, you know, all because things like that happen or they get good field position because of something, that don't mean we got to let them in. And that's just something we always been called because they got down there. That don't mean we have to let them in. And you saw that went after um, – after a bad punt, we, we they only um, got a field goal. It could have easily been a um, touchdown. But everybody grew up and say, we're going to make him kick a field goal or attempt to make a field goal. That don't mean he's going to make it, but we're going to keep him out the end zone. This team's been really good against the run this year, and I'm guessing looking at the way this game played out, that was the plan. Just take away the run and uh, force make them one-dimensional and go from there. Um, you know, any team, like anything you do in football, you always want to stop the run first, but – Mainly it was just everybody win the individual battles. Every play is a one-on-one matchup between you and another guy. So just make sure you win your battle. This team, when you lose 59-10 at home, I mean, I know that's – it's a dejected team right now. So how do you guys make sure this doesn't carry over and linger and, and, and affect the coming work week for NC State? Um, the next practice, we got a um, short-term memory. I won't say short-term, like just forget it, but – don't dwell on it, but always remember in the back of your head so when we go out to practice next time, it should motivate you to do better, should motivate you to focus more, should motivate you to pay attention to the little details. Fred, thank you so much. Tough loss. Appreciate it.
Uh, no problem. So that's Fred Jones. I think he finished with three tackles. Uh, really, you know, when you look at the running game, Clemson wound up with uh, 120 yards rushing. But uh, but again, when the game was competitive, Florida State's defense was was holding its own at the line of scrimmage. Well, the, the Florida State did what they needed to do through probably two and a half, maybe three quarters, and and and, and holding Clemson's running game down. Uh, so again, I don't fault the defense for any of those uh, types of things. And, and again. Human nature is human nature. I'm repeating myself, but when when things start unspiring, particularly against a team that that is so good and, and has as many playmakers as Clemson does, you know these these things just get out of hand, and you you there's not a lot you can do about it. Uh, this is an interesting uh, film for Coach Taggart and his staff to critique, and and how much do you dwell on it? How much do you show? Are there some parts of it you don't show? There will be some decisions the staff has to make about how much they expose the kids to it because you could end up driving this thing right down the kid's throat, and that's not going to help anything. You've got to take some positives away from it, but the proverbial, I could also understand they might not even want to go back and look at it. Just turn the page and get to the next one. Well, the you know, the calendar's turning in November. You're two-thirds of the way in. you got four games left to win two if, if that's what you're focused on. I haven't heard any kind of talk like that. I think the talk is more just get better week to week and figure out how you beat NC State this week. We'll talk about NC State. Uh, oh, before we before we go to break, the, the interception by Litton, it took away a Clemson touchdown. That was a nice play. Very nice play. I was afraid that they were going to rule that the receiver had the ball, and then they landed out of bounds, and then Litton had taken the ball away from him out of bounds. That's what I was afraid of the first time I looked at it. But then you also have to remember, right, wrong, or indifferent, we can we can talk about the rules later. But the rule says the ruling on the field stands, which is it was an interception, unless there's irrefutable video evidence otherwise. And so, therefore, uh, it ended up being a pretty nice play on his part. But he absolutely took the ball away from the receiver. It was a caught ball until he took it away from him. Yeah, very nice play there. Okay, now we'll step aside. We'll come back and uh, we'll clean up whatever we've missed so far. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Still one segment to go here on Front Row Knowles First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. 59-10, you know, it wasn't uh, – this is the thing – Things turned quickly, KJ. It was five years ago that Florida State went up and thrashed Clemson up there, and now here five years later, Clemson's got some payback. They obviously are the top dogs uh, in the ACC right now. One of the bright spots for Florida State came late in the game, and I'll let you take it from here. (laughs) Well, it's time now for the Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game. And, of course, I'm referring to the 73-yard touchdown reception and run by one Keyshawn Helton. And uh, it was a pass from Blackman who had come in when uh, DeAndre Francois was shaken up. And that is our Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game. Prime Meridian Bank, they're my bank. And this year they're celebrating 10 years serving Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and the surrounding area. Outstanding client service, convenience tools like mobile and remote deposit, and one of the top-rated mortgage teams in Leon County. Not sure about your bank? Well, try Tallahassee's hometown bank, Prime Meridian Bank, on the web at TryMyBank.com. I I was impressed with how Helton brought some energy. I was very impressed with Blackman on that particular play because he's not gotten any snaps at all. He, he, uh, He got out of the pocket. He eluded a defender. He stepped away from another defender. He dropped the ball over a linebacker into Helton's hand. And then, of course, Helton took off with it. Uh, he's got great speed and had the angle. Uh, it was a nice play. Um, probably about the only thing that put a smile on my face <laughs> during the entire ball game. 
I was going to ask you about Blackman. Now, we don't know uh, as we talk, is DeAndre okay? Uh, because he left the game with injury, uh, and it looked like he, he hit his head. So, I, you know, I'm not going to draw conclusions on that. But if that's what it is, who knows if he's available or not. And maybe by the time you hear this, there's already been word that he's fine. I, I don't know. That said, so if, 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 if he's available to play, might you make a change? Because, because Coach Taggart has – I mean, he has gone all the way with, uh, with, with DeAndre. I think DeAndre does a lot of good things. What I've wanted to see from DeAndre is exactly what Blackman did in that one play. Now, it's a one-play sample size. I don't know what else Blackman's doing at practice on a regular basis. Uh, if it was that close – I would think we would have seen him at some point this year. Well, we do know. other than in an injury situation. We do know because we saw him all of last year. He he has flashes of brilliance. He's just young. Uh, I worry to death about him because of his build. I mean, he he is truly a slender athlete. Uh, putting meat on those bones, I, I don't know what kind of project that's going to be. But he has a he has a little bit of that it thing that he can make plays. And again, we're not there every day in practice, so maybe he has or hasn't had a good year as it relates to performance on the practice field. But we do know, do know that he has flashes. We've seen flashes from DeAndre. I don't I don't want to be disparaging that way. I would just I would just hope we would see more from somebody at any given time. I'm not interested in getting into a two headed quarterback. I'm not interested in starting Blackman as a means to motivate. DeAndre, I mean, Willie knows how to take care of it. Heck, he played high school, I mean, a college quarterback. He knows what he's doing there. I just hope we can find a way, if Deion, uh, DeAndre is healthy, that he can continue to improve and find a way to not regress when things go badly early in the ball game. Uh, if not, then James can come in and play. We'll see what happens against NC State next man up. No sense in, scry- in, in, in crying over spilled milk. A couple things we didn't mention. First of all, Logan Tyler punted 12 times, so you know his legs probably sore. Uh, that's that's more than you want to see your punter punt. And I, I understand this is a, and I haven't talked to Logan about it. I'm sure it's a nervous energy, stay focused type thing. But when I'm on the sideline and the punter starts punting into the net before the offense has even snapped the ball on first down, which he does routinely because he's just always punting a ball. It doesn't inspire confidence. <laughs> well, the one thing I've learned about Logan, I don't know him. Uh, you, you've spent way more time than I have, and you haven't spent a lot of time with him. But, you know, most of the time your punters are are not necessarily football athletic. They can be athletic athletic. I played with Ron Stark, who, you know, basically qualified for the 80 Olympics and the decathlon. And, and might have even been on the team if the United States had participated in the Olympics in the 80s, in 1980. He was a great athlete, but but he wasn't a great football athlete. You didn't expect him to run the ball, throw the ball. Tyler is a pretty good little football player. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Billy Capice. Billy was fast. Billy would stick his nose in there if he had to make a tackle. Tyler's the same way. Um, so he's a little unusual from that standpoint. So maybe uh, having punted 12 times won't wear him out like it would some other punter. And I think he's just a doesn't want to sit still guy. Maybe he fidgets. Maybe he just wants to turn that nervous energy into something. So he's always he's forever over there catching snaps and punting into what, the net. But what you're saying is it, it's not it's when, not when, when, inspiring to the crowd when when the offense rolls out on first down and he's already punting into the net. That's what you're saying. I'm saying Coach Taggart still has the offense huddled up. We're in a TV timeout and there's Logan catching balls over there on the sideline, getting ready to punt in it. Uh, you know, on the flip side, DJ Matthews muffed that one punt. And uh, so twofold here. With due respect to Logan, 
I like the rugby punts because they create that problem, and I wonder if it's not time for Florida State to find a rugby punter at some point. Secondly, I really feel – I don't think that he could have gotten there to catch that clean, but I think what happened is one had bounced earlier in the game, and he was determined to not let, let that one go. But the bottom line is I, it, it kind of goes for all the guys. We saw the defense not wrap up, and guys were springing out because they're trying to, to make a play that's not there. If Florida State is winning the game or even with Clemson, then DJ does not attempt to, to field that ball, which is back to your point particularly with young kids, you start pressing, you start trying to do too much. You were on the sideline. You even reported during the broadcast that, you know, there were there were players encouraging each other, just do your job, just do your job. Coaches telling players, just do your job. Don't try to do anybody else's. Just do your job. Don't press. And obviously there was a lot of that going on as a result of where the score was. So let's talk about NC State. Uh, it's not like NC State competed with Clemson either. I mean, what was it, 41-3? to Now, that was in Clemson, uh, but pick your blowout score. Yes, Florida State's was worse and it was home, but, uh, you know, I don't think we need to look at the – NC State has been the better football team. They have a really good quarterback, but Florida State's got to turn the page and go fight up there in a place they typically struggle. The good news is we're not playing on Thursday because that's where it has been a huge struggle. But you're exactly right. Uh, Raleigh has not been someplace. Carter Finley has not been someplace that's been kind to Florida State. But we're not on Thursday and we're not playing at night, which has been the two big bugaboos. Uh, Finley is a great quarterback. Uh, but Florida State has faced some, some really good quarterbacks. I don't worry about that as much. What I do worry about is this game, Clemson game, should make this Florida State team mad. They should be angry. But they may have quit. Well, if they quit in the game and then they quit during this week of practice, if they go up to North Carolina State, they're going to get beat by three or four touchdowns. If they get mad and they internalize and they refocus and redouble their energy and they pay attention in practice, they can go up and, and play against North Carolina State and they can beat NC State by two touchdowns. It's all a question of what are they going to do from the shoulders up. After the Miami game, I thought they had the right demeanor. They were mad. And then we had the bye week, and then they played well against Wake after they got started. I hope that they're mad right now. And I think you're right. It's, it's shoulders up. And, and, but my fear, my fear through some of the things I saw in the fourth quarter, some of the things I saw after the game, my fear is that they won't be mad positively. They'll be mad and, and, and do the things that young people do when they get mad feel sorry for themselves, point fingers, the other things. Not suggesting that they will do that, but that's my fear. And I think that's the coaching staff's fear, and I think Willie would tell you that as well. They did do well after the Miami game. Will they do similarly well after the Clemson game as they get ready for, for uh, the Wolfpack? We'll find out. We'll talk about some more on our regular Wednesday show that's uh, at 6 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. He's Keith. I'm Tom.